0: Everybody, welcome back to the study. Um, I want to say thank you to the people who have reached out about the last episodes and yeah, thank you for tuning in. I know these episodes are kind of long, so um, yeah, I appreciate you guys listening. So, thank you for that. And I'm really excited to keep bringing you guys these conversations. Um, I think every guest is they've got a lot to offer, and I'm happy to be the person to you know speak with them and and share this platform with them so yeah enough of that this is episode three with chris albo Um, you guys may know him from the madberry club and now part of the label no tricks that he recently started Um, it's a music label and just the way that he's approaching this um, is really unique where It's kind of a collaboration between the musicians and him as a designer, um, which lends itself to really considered art. Um, So that's always really nice and not a common practice at all. Um, But yeah, I think we had a really great conversation. Chris was really open and generous with his time and his words and his perspectives. So, I think there's a lot to pick up here and yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in and I hope you enjoy.
1: My name is Chris Almirano I'm uh multidisciplinary designer artist creative director um born and raised in new york and still living in new york <laughs> um yeah i don't know i guess that's like kind of like the nuts and bolts of who i am yeah yeah um
0: i mean yeah there's clearly so much there <laughs> that we can get into but you yeah,
1: have frozen, like, tough I feel like I always should say more, but
0: nah, no that's what the rest of this conversation will be <laughs> yeah. um, um you have a background at s v a correct you you yeah. you went there for yeah, can you talk a little bit about that and
1: yeah, your um, experience there yeah s v a was probably the biggest step forward for my career, i think looking back i think I actually kind of like just landed into SVA. Um, I had no idea what graphic design was in high school. I kind of just did stuff on the computer without even knowing what I was doing. Um, Luckily for me, I had a friend that kind of like paved the way who went to SVA. He was a year older than me, my friend, Nick. And he was like, oh, you should go to SVA. Like, you like doing graphics and stuff. Like, I literally had no idea what graphic design was. I was making, like, Photoshop comps and, like, collages and just just general digital art, and, like, design didn't even cross my mind. But my friend, who knew what it was, told me that I should go enroll in SVA's design program. So, yeah, I did four years, got my degree at SVA, graduated in 2012. But, yeah, I mean, SVA was probably the foundation and like gave me all the tools that I needed because the teachers at SVA during my time were really like the best um, thing for me at that time. Like I think SVA does a good job at curating the teachers and and, and the, the roster of um, professions they have there. Are, like kind of like celebrity designers, for lack of a better term. But like they, uh, like for instance, I got to learn from uh, guy Geismar who who designed, like, every famous logo ever made, like, um, National Geographic, Mobile, Exxon, like, every big logo that Chase. um, So those guys were, like, my teachers, and having that kind of, like, be the people who introduced me to design was huge for, for who I am as a creative today, as opposed to just, like, learning this stuff on the Internet or just seeing stuff on Instagram and, like, trying to make your way. Like, I actually had these, like design legends give me a solid education so I'm like forever grateful for my time at SVA and I'll also forever be paying my student debt which (laughs) is a whole nother thing but SVA was definitely worth the time and money
0: yeah that's awesome I I always like hearing those stories because with you know things in the arts it's so um, possible to become self-taught you know but when you have you know, working professionals, which sounds like your teachers and they give you a solid framework where yeah. you're not just like, you know, getting into the holes of Instagram and, and Google to get your references. You have a solid direction there, which is yeah. great.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was amazing. Like, given it was, I was in college at an, in an era of like the Internet where it hadn't like platforms like Pinterest and like Arena and even Instagram, really, it wasn't really a thing yet. So, like, you really had to kind of, like, learn how to solve, like, graphic problems or just, like, make things with references from, like, you had to go to the library and, and, like, really research things. And then when you have kind of, like, these these older kind of, like, tried and true teachers and mentors teaching you how to, like, approach a creative problem, like, that that's, I think, a lot of the things that designers now are, like, kind of kids growing up now that are trying to become designers they don't necessarily have that backing or foundation like they'll just see stuff on the internet and like want to copy that and like they don't understand like why they that like why something is like good it just looks good mm-hmm. it, i'm just like yeah, i'm just like fortunate to have that kind of like backing so I, I could just approach things and like not have to look at design like i know how to do. um yeah just research and develop an idea, thanks to my schooling. So shout out SVA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's awesome. Does that feed into your process uh, now? And, you know, like all of the things that you learned, are, are, are those sticking with you? It sounds like, you know, for that development, it was, uh, you know, super beneficial to help you going forward.
1: Yeah, I think so. I I, I still, even like 10 years after graduation, almost 10 years, like. I feel like I still hear my teachers in my head kind of like giving me feedback even though they're like in spirit basically. So I I still take a lot of that kind of like design approach and and research to a lot of the stuff I do now. Um,
0: That's awesome. Do you have relationships with those professors still and that community? Yeah,
1: a lot of them became a lot of my close friends. uh, That's amazing. Which I'm also fortunate for I think. I um, made it a point, because, like, coming into college and, like, moving to Manhattan and, like, pre-internet, like, these teachers were, like, the coolest people I've ever met before, like, coming from a small town. So, like, I wanted to, like, be around them and, like, let them kind of, like, guide me in a way. Yeah. Put my mentors, essentially. So, I, I, I sought out those relationships and then, then became, like, some of my closest friends. Um, definitely That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. It was school yeah
0: sure. that's really valuable especially now i feel like less and less uh people have these kind of mentors you know to turn yeah. to it's right. it, it's uh seems few and far between you know yeah, especially if you're not going to school
1: yeah yeah it, it's it's interesting like everyone is so connected now but like also like also separated and like there isn't that kind of like strong bond like i, I feel like there's a lot of like topical relationships now due to the internet or whatever there. And I feel like less and less there is like those strong kind of like mentorship bonds. I don't know. I mean, that's just what I'm kind of like been observing of the era that we're in now.
0: Yeah, I think that's totally the case. You know, a bunch of like Instagram replies and and, and things like that. It's not really going to have that depth, you know? Yeah, Uh,
1: down relationships what's that you said watered down like watered down like we're just like i don't know there's no real strength there like he, i mean even for instance like amanda my sister is actually in sba now and like mm-hmm. um it's tough because through COVID, like you have to kind of like have class Zoom. so like there's already that kind of like distance between who you can be with your professor like i, I don't know it's like I don't know, weird times.
0: (laughs) Totally. Yeah, totally. I feel like you got in at just the right time.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Right before the whole social media explosion.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, It sounds like SVA was a really, really great and informative experience for you. Is there anything that it uh, didn't provide you that you wish it did? Um, Or anything Um, you were looking for that you didn't quite get?
1: Looking back, uh, anything that I didn't get, I think, honestly, nah. To be honest, that was it was really such an inspirational time in my life. Even aside from the teachers, like I think it, I've made some like incredible friendships and and creative relationships through SBA. Amazing. So, like, I would say if I didn't have that, then maybe maybe that's kind of where I'm lacking. But I don't have that. I think that's awesome. Um, maybe uh, what the hell. Wouldn't I have gone? I think SVA does a bad job um, intermingling of majors. Like, I think mm. uh, being a design kind of like, it was like a design and advertising block. So, like, you only really interacted with those students. But it would have been really cool to have, like, interacted with the film majors and photo majors and, and you know, whatever, computer graphic art majors and stuff. But yeah, that's, like, really fine, fine hair, kind of like.
0: Totally. I mean, if that's the one big uh, gripe, then I think that's a great experience.
1: <laughs> it was good. I, yeah, I mean, I can't, speak, like, I, I tell everyone, like, SVA was amazing. Um, and I feel bad because I feel like a lot of people's college kind of experience is, is kind of shit, or, like, people get into a major that they necessarily didn't want, and then they have, like, this bad college kind of, like, experience and narrative. And then i'm just like oh college was great but like I, I just find that it was like the majority of people that um i speak to about our college experience i just always end up feeling a little bit bad because i'm always like oh yeah my college experience was so good um,
0: no i mean I don't, I don't think that's anything to feel bad about you know but it is kind of crazy just hearing all the negative experiences yeah. and I and i'm yeah. so glad to hear your positive one because uh, you know, just like I said before, a lot of it is um, you are able to teach yourself to an extent because, you know, a lot of this stuff is accessible. But, you know, I think there's so much at play with a college experience, right? Like if it's a good fit for you right off the bat, as far as like the social aspect of college and then the actual material that you're digesting and then your professors, like there's so much of that. You know yeah. what I mean, and and it all has to kind of like fit like a puzzle piece, and if yeah, it does, it's great.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I got into it totally, kind of like by by luck, really. Like I had no idea what design was, or or even what SVA was. I, I mean, I was pretty confused. Like in high school, I, like what I really wanted to do, as most people are, and yeah. that's like a whole nother story. Like with like high school curriculum and how they're preparing students for their futures and what they are most interested in and can succeed. So, I mean, yeah, totally. Like even getting to college and then having that also, it is like, it's definitely like a rare thing, I think. So for me to have fallen into design and like enjoying it, I think I'm pretty grateful for that.
0: Was that something of a, I'm always curious about the parents perspective on pursuing an arts, uh, career or, or, you know whatever it turns out to be how did were you receiving encouragement from from your family and things like that or were they a little bit skeptical
1: yeah i think i think my relationship with my parents was always supportive in that way um they're not they're not in the arts but they're more kind of like supportive of anything you or my sister are interested in like they just wanted us to do our best as cliche as that sounds so uh, but I, that's that's super rad that they were like that i think yeah I, like, who afford me the freedom to kinda of like figure it out.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. That's so cool.
1: <laughs> that's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um although they don't really understand what it is that I do nowadays. Like I always will have to kind of explain things, but of course. That's okay. Yeah, um,
0: that's part of it. That's that's totally part of it. Um I mean I, I always try to put myself in my, the parents' perspective, right? And it's like, if my kid's going to go try to take pictures for a living, like, I, you know, obviously I'm going to be a little bit skeptical and concerned yeah. because there's no clear path, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's yeah. so much of a, you know, create your own trail. So, yeah. Can't blame them.
1: Sure.
0: <laughs> <Fair. laughs> um, so one of the one of the reasons why i really wanted to pick back up with this kind of like the study is because i mean it ties into what you were saying before is a lot of these relationships are like surface level or watered down right and as much as i would like for there to be some sort of community and dialogue you know as best as we can make it 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 doesn't seem like i have it and it Mm -hmm. doesn't seem like If I'm like, oh my God, like I fucking love everything on Chris's Instagram feed and like all this stuff. And then I try to dig a little deeper, like it just doesn't exist. You know Um, what I mean? Because uh, it's, yeah, I think that's something that's lacking. And it seems like community is a big part of your formative years. And and that kind of goes into Madberry because Mm -hmm. that seems like, you know just a community totally in and of itself (laughs) that's it seems like i mean from an outside perspective it seems like that's exactly what it was um and i'm just curious about your experience with that like working with so many people and kind of what the what that taught you um yeah yeah, if you want to talk about that at all
1: yeah i mean madbury was madbury was definitely a moment in my life i think i i feel like i could have I could um, trace back everything that I'm doing now to my roots at Madbury and my relationships made at Madbury. I think Madbury did a really good job at – I just felt joining Madbury was kind of like the best thing that happened to me. I think tracing everything, all the steps back a couple years, like Madbury was really kind of like game-changing for me in, in ways because I felt like while I have my like my core group of friends that I grew up with, like my guys for life, uh, when I joined Madberry, it was like, I met a group of people that were exactly like me in, in so many different ways. And, and it was just like always inspiring to be around. Um, and like, just like that creative co- community, it, it really felt like we were all kind of like coming together and and making stuff and just like doing stuff and having a lot of fun doing it. Um, yeah, community was definitely big in Madbury. I think that, I think the narrative around Madbury was, was like all inclusive. And like from just the, the brand that we, that we had with the shirts and, and, and outreach with the people who would be supportive of the brand and our, our dialogues with, um, just like networks of people and, and what that meant to the kind of like streetwear agency world and kind of just like community or in New York and just all the interrelationships between everybody. It was just like so much good vibes, I feel like every time like people would come over to the space and just being on emails like there was like a presence with Maverick that was very fun and i think it was like uh yeah i don't know it's i can't even really explain it was just all encompassing really i think
0: yeah totally i mean that makes sense i think the impact was large and that speaks to the variety of people internally right and in my perspective um how developmental was that experience to you artistically and maybe interpersonally as well um yeah
1: yeah i think i had i had after college i had worked a bunch of freelance jobs and kind of like corporate positions and then 2014 i had enough of that and then i didn't work for a year and then i had i was like the brokest i've ever been and then And then Phil told me to come in for a project, and then it was like, after that, it was just, I just kept coming in and coming in, and then uh, next thing you know, I was like part of Madbury. I think. Um, I would say, creatively, it was really the funnest time, I think, those few years of just like creating kind of like with no boundaries, and like seeing the inner workings of... Like, it was really a bunch of kids with a lot of big contracts with a lot of big brands. And, like, going inside there and seeing how everyone was doing it and, like, presenting to big clients, that was super inspiring to me. And, like, putting together these kind of creative briefs for for brands was like, oh, shit, like, these guys are getting after it on such, like, a low, like, a high-functioning level, but, like, such, like, a low kind of, like maintenance way and it was like the coolest thing ever because usually like the the kind of like narrative around corporate clients and like pitching and and brands and like meetings and presentations like I always it always seemed like so important before I knew like how Madbury was doing it and then I was like wow you can do it this way like brands and like just companies can come to an a, a entity like Madbury, like a bunch of kids that are just like fucking around, essentially, and then like <laughs> them buying into your game plan. And It's like that's the biggest cheat code ever, and and that's what kind of what Madbury was. It was like a huge cheat code, and just having that like professional kind of like perspective on how business was flowing in and out of Madbury was is was like the biggest inspiration for me al- alongside working with some of, like the most talented people that I've uh, I've been uh, friends with now um yeah it was it was just so much fun
0: <laughs> yeah that's just I'm like just listening and and just like thinking about all the big projects and like seeing the gap thing and I'm just like holy shit like yeah, yeah. this is crazy like Nike the All-Star uh, weekend and and right. I think it was New Orleans and it's just like, like wow, like this yeah. this group of uh, of people just having fun are fucking killing it on a corporate level. Like that's amazing. <laughs>
1: definitely was it was fun, man. I, I forever grateful for that time and forever grateful to all the relationships that I have through it. Uh, it Definitely yeah. wouldn't do what I'm doing now if it wasn't for that. Um. Totally. First night project we worked on. What's that? No, yeah, I wouldn't be where I'm, well, I mean, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if, if it hadn't been for that, like, first yeah. project that Gil called me to come work on. Yeah, yeah. And I just stayed around.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, do you think that that, I mean, you were there for how long? How many How many years? Was it, like, all the way from beginning to end?
1: No, no, no. I mean, I've been, I kind of knew some of the guys, like, through other outlets, mm-hmm. Um before, I was actually, like, a part of Madbury, So, I, I mean, I've done a little work for Madbury like, way early as, like, 2010. But I didn't start, like, going in and being a part of it till like, 2015. So, I was, like, there from 2015 to the end of 2018. Yeah. 2019, When did it end? Like, 18, I think. Yeah, at the, at the very end of 2018. Right. Yeah, yeah. I For a while, <laughs>
0: this is funny, um, I went to... You guys were having, like, that little sale, you know, just cleaning out the studio. Yeah. And for a while, I had, like, the poster that you made, like, the, uh, yeah. what was it? The, you know, like, Yardmon, like, the sale. Right. Yardman
1: yeah. For, <laughs>
0: uh, for a while in, in our apartment, there was nothing on the walls. And then I just put, like, a little binder clip with a pin in that. And that was, like, the only <laughs> thing on our walls.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, That was cool. That was a cool... Send off have to do one last um space event, yeah, was for selling everything at the space, yeah, yeah,
0: that's tough, but I actually have some stuff from there,
1: yeah, I think I remember I think we had a chat while you when you were here,
0: yeah, I think so that's I, the first time we've ever seen each other, yeah, um, definitely. probably last two,
1: <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, I mean probably I mean for sure, yeah. Where um, are you now? You're in LA? Yeah, 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 in LA. Were you living here at that time? Yeah.
0: I oh, just yeah. moved. Just moved from New York in August.
1: Oh, okay, so then you're kind of like brand new over there.
0: Yeah, I just got here. <laughs> it's crazy. It's so, so different. And I really, really miss New York a lot. Yeah. For real. Cause Have you been back? Not yet. But, yeah. uh, my girlfriend I've been talking about coming back cuz I just want to like walk around.
1: Yeah, yeah. So bad. The weather's coming around. Yeah, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely miss it. I think that's one of the beautiful things about New York as well is that density, that the like the creative and energetic density. Yeah. It's just, you know, like you talking about going there and they're like like really getting it done, right? Like you know, it's just and I had that with my friends there. It's like, oh, my God. Like, you guys are really fucking killing it. Like, let me pick it up. You know what I mean? You Which,
1: got that. I mean, you could always come back and feel that energy for sure. Yeah, I think that I energy- just need to yeah. come and go. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um, so, I mean, I assume that this, that experience really informs how your desire to work um, or in what I'm trying to say is I guess working with so many people in that kind of capacity with that tremendous amount of output and like high level creativity probably really informs the way in which you want to work going forward. Um, Do you find that true? Like,
1: yeah, I think so. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think like I was saying, like, I hadn't been so close to kind of like presenting and pitching ideas to brands before. So like not until Madbury was I like aware of how things got done in that way. So that just like had opened my eyes and kind of like, I, I mean, I feel like I've become such a good writer because of my time at Madbury, like writing decks and like seeing the way all the guys like Phil and Brian are like some of the best writers that, and, like, Marcus are, like, some of the best writers fucking that I've ever seen. Um, so, like, seeing how they would word things in decks, like, I definitely use that stuff nowadays and, and, and kind of understanding how to get brands to buy into an idea. Um, so, yeah, I definitely, like, I use all that stuff now for sure. I hadn't known that before, Madberry. Um But it's crazy because, like, I, I got that knowledge through like my friends essentially and and it wasn't like i worked 20 years at a ad agency job or like some type of corporate gig where i had to like climb the ladder to learn this stuff like i was learning from my fucking like best friends basically <laughs> um and we were just doing it while drinking when and eating tacos like it was fucking great
0: <laughs> yeah that's funny that's funny like the business experience came came from the france. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, if, yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, it was just the the tagline around is like dysfunctional studio like that definitely was the vibe. Right. Like, we were definitely like it was professional to an extent, I would say. We oh, were I'm definitely sure. doing a lot of stuff. But <laughs> that's was, was so good. Yeah.
0: That's funny. Um yeah I'm very I don't know I got a lot going through my head right now there's so yeah. you know there's so much there actually I want to show you this yeah. this thing is I was looking at it today I was wearing it last night and I was like there's holes all over this
1: thing oh, nice <laughs> I love oh, this yeah. that's a good one yeah it's the best man I love that it that there's like that side print. yeah I feel like you don't really see that uh, kind of placement on shirts.
0: Totally. Yeah. It's funny. It's really cool. I love that shirt.
1: Smoking cigarettes, Manbury promoting, promoting sakes.
0: I was late to work to buy that shirt online because I was like, oh, no. Like, I need that. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, I don't, I don't want to take it like on a negative note, but I'm curious about when you work with so many people, like what are the downsides of that? Because it totally can go into like too many cooks in the kitchen and, and ownership and ego, I'm sure is a big part. Like it's a bunch of young dudes. Um, Right. You know, I'm just curious about your perspective. I don't, you know, I don't want to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's cool. I don't mind talking about that stuff a little bit, but yeah, I mean, group work is tough, man. It's just like, I mean, even just any kind of like when you sign up to do something with whatever, even like in relationships, there's always kind of like that contrast. So I mean, I think with Madbury, it was just like I think a lot of people wanted different ideas, and 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 sometimes it's kind of hard to compromise, kind of like creatively and and spiritually. So I think. It was, yeah, I think it just came down to what what's worth it, friendship or like having to do these kind of like long-winded kind of like sessions where we're talking about what everyone's opinion is and, and what's best for said projects, what's best for Madbury, what's best individually. And it had just become kind of like this thing where these conversations were happening more and more frequently. And, like, I think it just came down to like our friendships are more important than having to continue this. So, um, I think we wanted to go out kind of like when people wanted to keep us going. Like, I think that was like a nice way to eject and like go out on top.
0: For sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Nothing I mean, cooler than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that was like, it was a good, it was definitely bittersweet, I would say. Yeah. Uh, of course. I think also, like, the thing with, I mean, that cliche of, like, don't start businesses with your friends or whatever, um, there definitely was all of that mixed in. Totally, um, yeah. Getting older, like, people have different priorities and and um, creative um, ambitions. Like, I mean, we have a bunch of all-talented people, like, yeah. all equally kind of, like, killing it in their own right, and then when you have kind of, like, a, one vehicle... And one driver, um, it's kind of hard. Like who who who's sitting shotgun? Who's driving? Like you you know, who's sitting bitch? Like no one wants to sit bitch, you know. <laughs> so, For sure, yeah, oh.
0: yeah. It's uh, tough to yeah. accommodate everybody, um, right? You know, yeah. That's it's a crazy thing to think about. All that talent packed into like, you know, just one distribution. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, I mean, like it, you have a clear vision of, or I wouldn't say clear vision, but sometimes getting things done, like it comes down to like having one person kind of make the decision and direction. Right. So I'm, and like, how can you decide on like, who's that person when there's like so much feelings and friendships and relationships involved? Like, so for sure. Um,
0: it's like seemingly impossible, honestly. Yeah. 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 yeah that's tough. Was there a, was there like a really, really memorable project that stands out to you that's like your favorite? If you could think of one, I'm sure that's really tough, but...
1: Uh, my time at Madbury, what would be my favorite project? Shit. Honestly, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like all of them were like, I mean, I just my time there. <laughs> my yeah, was the whole like, thing. Right? <laughs> like, my time at Madbury, kind of like a personal project. <laughs> um, I mean, MP was fun when we built that kind of like car thing. Yeah, that was a good one. And then also just like exploring artistically within design at Madbury, I felt like working alongside Phil. We were kind of like pushing each other to to make good stuff, and it was just a fun kind of like creative competition. Not not like a not like I'm a better than you type of competition, but just like just keeping each other on the path. kind of Totally. And I grew a lot working next to Phil. And I I would hope he would feel the same way.
0: <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> sure. I mean, I think that's yeah. always. Yeah. Yeah. You, you always want to be uh, with people who are really great because that pushes you. Definitely. Yeah. You don't want to play basketball with like scrubs. If right. You're, if you're nice, you know, like what it's not going <laughs> to yeah. do anything for you.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, Unless that's cool. Narcissists love winning. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um I also I want to talk about your your show that you did. Daryl opened a gallery, that's right, in in Mexico City. Yeah. And yeah, then you yeah. had a show there. Yeah. Um Was that paint were those paintings?
1: Um there were technically drawings that I made into like these wood panel sculptures, like mixed kind of plaster and, and like epoxy and gotcha. wood. Um, they're just panels, but they were like screen printed. The fronts were screen printed. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Very was
0: cool. So yeah, I wish I saw that in person because they look like pretty decently sized. Yeah, I, yeah. They
1: I, were like four or five feet high. So. Did you
0: ship that or did you make it there?
1: Yeah, I made it all down in Mexico.
0: Amazing. <laughs> Avoid a logistical nightmare.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean I kind of producing that thing was brutal. Like um running out of time trying to get it done in New York and, and the price of it getting done here or having it fabricated here and then shipped, I was like, I'm just gonna go to Mexico early and just bang it all out down there. <laughs> well, yeah. That's what I
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. That that's really awesome. cool. Thank you.
0: Um yeah, yeah, of course. Is that something that you you would uh, like to do more, show things physically? Um, it seems like, you know, a great outlet and, and, and a big change of pace when a lot of things are, like, screen-focused and, and digitally-based. I mean, I know you've done some some yeah. covers that get printed and things like that, but, you know, when it's with the intention of a physical display, I think... Yeah.
1: That's a different feeling. Bro. Yeah, I mean, uh, like art was, it's funny because like in those years where I was working corporate kind of design jobs up until I started working at Madbury, like I wanted, like I had a, actually an art studio for like seven years with my partner Bennett, who still owns a spot, painting in there. But like I wanted to do fine art. Like I didn't want to do design. So there was a period of time where corporate kind of design jobs ruined graphic design for me. Um, just like the idea that I would work so hard and believe in something that I'm doing all for it to be killed by a the client or, or a creative director. And I was like, I'm done with this. Like, uh, I need to do fine art. <laughs> so I went down this sprinting down this fine art path, like painting for like six years, seven years in this art studio. So there's always that part of me that still wants to do like physical fine art of from myself. So uh yeah to 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 answer your question yes i think i definitely have ambitions of showing more art in the future because that i mean it's been embedded in in my uh creative kind of like agenda yeah yeah
0: that's awesome that makes sense i didn't know about that that's really cool yeah i think uh that's something that always you know just eats at me because I'm always looking at my pictures on the screen and, and it really kills me. And right. uh, as soon as I see a print, you know, it just changes and it's like, oh right. my God, like, you know, yeah. it's very transformative. Right.
1: Um, and it takes Is on... Is that something know. that you would want to get into? Like more yeah. um, physical kind of... Um, um, yeah, versions of your work?
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, totally, and especially after just doing this portfolio review for like 18 days, it's all focused on, I mean, if this was in person, I would have to have all these printed and and physically showing everybody who I'm talking to. So, um, but yeah, like just last month, I believe it was, yeah, last month I went to this gallery in San Francisco that represents like most of my favorite photographers and, I just made an appointment with a request to see two people's work and like, I'm very familiar with their bodies of work with all of their work, um, because of Google obviously. And, and, um, for like Robert Adams, I was able to get some of the books. So I've seen some of it physically, but I got there and this woman like pulls out boxes. Right. And I was curious how they were going to show, right? Yeah. Like, because they're, they're offering appointments for you to like pick an artist and, and they'll show you, right? The work. And I was, I've oh, never done that before. Yeah. And I was like, I don't like, I'm curious, is this going to be framed stuff? Like, is she going to pull out a box of prints that are unframed? Like, how's this going to be? Cause it's, it's a super respected institution. So I was just like, maybe they're not going to show prints that are like unframed, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and So we get there and she pulls out this box of Gary Winogrand prints. That's one of the photographers. And I was fucking losing my mind because like, he printed them. And I mean, he passed in in 1984. So, you know, all of this stuff is, is, is done a long time ago. And she's pulling out prints that are like with this little paper. And I'm seeing stuff in the pictures that I've been looking at for years that I've never seen before just because you know it's physical it's just got a different life right. to it yeah yeah and i was just like you know i was just like wanting to cry like it's just like it just like enters your body and, and it's so yeah, yeah. visceral
1: right
0: and and then they were pulling out framed prints and like yeah, they're yeah. mounted and it's beautiful and it's nice and right but i was just like you know when you have those experiences of seeing physical art and and uh it just, yeah. It just like shook me up. Right. Um, and I've seen prints before, but not from my favorite photographers ever. Yeah. <laughs> the and yeah, the yeah. stuff that they I mean, like I, drew I, on yeah. in the back.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's cool. Yeah, I mean it's 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 tough now. Like the screen nowadays, like you just scroll by or you just click off it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's similar, like, you go and see, like, you, you see, like, a game-worn jersey somewhere, like, in a museum or something, and it's like, oh, shit, like...
0: Yeah, and oh, you see hey,
1: the who size. It? It's just jersey, like, this is crazy. It's, like, like, the same kind of, like, magic that you feel sometimes when you, when you see, or, like, you go see some, like, a George Condo painting or whatever, and you actually see how he, like, moved things around on the canvas. Yeah, it's I amazing. It's, yeah. yeah, it's great.
0: And, you know, it's I saw a thing on Twitter the other day where somebody, like, quoted a picture of a Mark Rothko, like, two Mark Rothko paintings, and they were, like, you know, along the lines of, like, this is bullshit, anybody can do it. And then somebody replied to that, like, go see it, like, physically, well, you know? Yeah. And the first time I've seen a Mark Rothko painting, like, I think, I think they have them at the Met, was, like, a year ago, I saw, I saw a few, and they're massive, and it's just, well, like... You yeah. know, it's just different. It's not, you, you can't really, exp- I'm sure somebody can explain it very right. articulately, but the feeling is just, yeah. it's different. You know, I'm seeing something on, on my little screen that right. this guy worked so hard to paint over and it's like 20 by 40. <laughs>
1: yeah. I know, it's crazy, man. I, that's like my I, biggest pet peeve is when somebody comments like, oh, I could have did this. or like, this is so easy. Like, you know, do it. thing, but it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, on face value, but you're not there, like, for the 40 years that this guy has spent in process, like, totally. developing why he paints this way or, like, the way someone shoots. Or, people, like, see the final product and be like, oh, yeah, I can do that. But it's, like, it's not that easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I, one thing I always kind of, like, reference is, like, everyone can kind of, like, have a... Ken Griffey has one of the most recognizable batting stances, right? Like, everyone, like, you're a kid and you're, you're like, you, could, you can imitate his batting stance, but, like, you'll never be able to hit, like, Griffey. Um, and that's, that's right. kind of, like, referencing that comment. It's like, yeah, maybe you could do it, but, like, you'll never understand the steps in which this person has taken in order to get this final product. And I think that's where the value is, like, the, the in the process. Yeah, um, And people don't understand that. Yeah, you'll understand that if you're in the batting cage, just taking swings like a thousand swings a day. Right. Understand um, why Griffey hits that way. Right. Anyone could step up and like have the same batting batting stance as Griffey, but you won't. You know. Yeah. You won't. You won't hit like him ever. Yeah, I mean,
0: I I think the appreciation always comes from experience. Like, uh, yeah. you know, you you watch somebody running down the street making pictures, and you see the final product, and you're like, wow really good. And then you go try and you're like huh, never. Like I'm never going to be able to achieve yeah, exactly. that. Or if yeah. like I go see a Robert Adams print and like I could see clearly into the shadows of the print and then I get in the dark room and my shit's black and white like not yeah. just tones of gray, then I'm going to appreciate it. You know. Yeah, what exactly. I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I I definitely want to print out. I was actually going to go see a printer today this morning, but I didn't, I, uh, yeah, we just didn't message each other back, but, um, yeah, I think financially printing photos really well is like really, it's really expensive. Um, so that's kind of been like holding me back. Cause like, I don't want to make a bad print of my work and then it's not really what I think, but I, I think I should, uh, maybe not be as precious about it and just get it physically just to take yeah, a look yeah you just know what i
1: mean get it done bro yeah Send yeah. Print.
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i was uh one of these guys in the review put me in touch with this this printer here who does like really great prints for for all these publishing companies and artists and he was really just open with me and, and generous about like information with printing because a lot of the printers i i talked to in new york were Like kind of dickheads and and really like they held on to their information like a little bit too tight and weren't willing to help out and so it kind of turned me off yeah like if you're an asshole to me and i'm just asking questions like i'm not gonna pay you 60 bucks for a print like the worst i'd rather just find somebody that is nice
1: (laughs) for sure but people want to hide the secrets
0: yeah and it's and it's simple stuff that's just like file prepping that I was right. just curious about because, you know, you prep the file wrong, your print comes back blue and it's a black and white picture. It's like, you know, I don't fucking know. Like, help me out. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um,
0: but file yeah,
1: it's is, is a huge step in printing. Yeah. Like. It's the
0: biggest, I think, besides the artwork.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, I one, one of the other, well, I guess the last, kind of entity that I want to talk about is no tricks. um, Because it's fucking super cool, man. (laughs) I'm loving seeing all the artwork and, and seeing, you know, physical pressings and, and I'm uh, I really like Maddie. He's always been super nice to me. And yeah, so Maybe talk a little bit about starting No Tricks and and what the motivation for that is, um, yeah, if you will.
1: Yep, yep, yep. No Tricks. Um, so I mean, at Madbury, uh, towards the end, I really wanted to work more in music. Um, I, I kind of. I mean, despite what I said about all the brand stuff, like, I got very kind of, like, jaded working for brands. Like, I don't want to work for brands ever again. Um, towards the end, like, I really w- was interested in, in working within music. Um, and, and we worked a couple times with the zombies or whatever, and, like, all that stuff was super fun. And there's no kind of, like, corporate kind of agenda attached to music. Like, the thing with music is that it, it's rooted in, in emotions and art. And, like, like I, no one needs more sneakers, so, like, I don't want to help sell more sneakers. Like, I'd rather help promote messages from artists and, and, and like, you know, build those worlds around uh, an album or, uh, or a musician. It just, it's just more in line with who I am. So, uh, towards the end of Madbury, um, I, Dave, who's my, who was our partner at Notrix, um, came to Madbury with an artist, low-file. High, um asking for artwork around an EP and a couple songs that had coming out. And we did that as Madbury. And then the relationship with Dave became very strong. Um, so much so that like, I mean, to step back a few, few notches, me and Tone, I was always saying Tone, like, wouldn't it be sick if there was like this sort of, um, creative deal with musicians where it's similar to a record deal but like you're signing on to an agency to do all of the creative around a song um ep album type thing so there was always like this thought in my head to start this kind of like record label thing and me and tone would talk about this pretty frequently because he also had ambitions of starting a label Um, and then when madbury ended um those ambitions and interests became more and more a, like a parent because I didn't want to go back to my freelance design jobs doing stupid design stuff for dumb clients. <laughs> um, so I, I hit up Dave who I built a really strong relationship through our time at Madbury working on the low file stuff and then me and Maddie were working very closely together um, and we linked with Dave and we're like, oh, we want to work more on music. I think this could be a cool thing. Um, and that's kind of really how the initial, you know, seed from No Tricks was planted um, with Dave and me and Maddie. And then um, to speak to the process in which designers and creatives typically work within music, um, a lot of times as a designer, you'll get hit up by managers, producers, whatever. Um, like, hey, here's our music. Uh, The music's coming out in a week. The budget's already been killed through recording costs. What can we do? So then it's like, well, I can do something, but it won't be that cohesive to the music. Like, how can I, like, I can do it. I definitely can do it, but there's there's so much more that can go into this, like with more time and more money. So uh, there's some of that kind of like rewriting the way musicians work with designers, creative directors, directors, you know, Th- these creative types where it's like starting that process early on, like getting kind of like going back to like, what if an artist can sign like a creative deal with an agency kind of thing. And then you're building the creative visual world um, alongside the musical world. So like this, the music's getting made and the visuals are getting made because the two should be talking the whole time. Like the, the visuals and the music should be informing each other, you know, through the whole process. And that, that's just how you get like a fully cohesive artist brand and that's the essence of no tricks and like why me, Dave and Maddie were working well, so well together. Cause we all kind of like shared that same interest. Um, but that, I mean, that's no tricks really. Um, Maddie unfortunately is not with no tricks anymore. He, um, is pursuing some other creative endeavors and yeah, he, he's no longer with us, but it's all good. Um, but, that, but that's, uh, it's no tricks basically. Yeah, gotcha.
0: So I didn't know. Obviously, so sorry about. You know, I don't want to overstep. No, um, yeah, I mean it's all love. <laughs> yeah, Maddie's super nice. Um, but I love that you say. You know, the the music and the art should be in conversation, right? Like they should be talking yeah. to each other. And I feel but, like that is totally what I get when I look at like the Radiant Children covers right. and things like that. It's just like this sounds or this looks how it sounds and how it feels and every, like right. you know I'm feeling it just by looking at the cover yeah, yeah which yeah. is always such a beautiful feeling like I'm not I'm, forgive me I don't I don't remember like the name of the the record but you have like those flowers and then there's that faded uh, or the the text is a little bit blurred I think it's like right yeah.
1: skymind
0: Skymind.
1: But, and
0: i was just like i fucking hear it you know yeah, like i'm looking at it right. and i hear it
1: yeah oh, that's, that's great to hear man yeah uh, like to, to hear that it's like the vision is kind of like working
0: Oh, one hundred percent.
1: yeah thanks dude that's, and then
0: i turn it on and i'm just like yeah like that's it you know what i mean like i mean otherwise yeah. you know i don't know how i would have come across the music um it's because I feel like my discovery process is pretty shit, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's cool. I mean, I'm,
1: I'm no good at that.
0: Yeah. No, I think you're definitely hitting the nail on the head. It's it's really beautiful to see. Um, yeah, it's Great. cool.
1: That's cool to hear. Yeah, I mean, that's that's essentially the vibe. Like You want to build these worlds around the artists mm-hmm. and ha- have it feel kind of like an all-encompassing um just creative yeah artist identity basically artist development um yeah because i mean all the best artists are doing that i think and i think more people are catching on to like everything is kind of perpetuate all communication nowadays right is perpetuated through a visual platform instagram so like if your visuals aren't strong or like your visuals are no good like you're already cutting your whole brand short and your whole like project short so I mean, why not have this early conversation, creative conversation, activated? You know, so totally. I mean, people will catch on. I hope. Um, yeah. I would like to see these like two-week no-budget deadlines become like a thing of the past, like cancel culture, like cancel that shit.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> I don't ever want to do that like, ever again. Um, I can do it, but it's it has to be something that like I'd be so so stoked to do.
0: Yeah, it, it's... I can't tell
1: you how often that happens.
0: It's not ideal, and and especially when you want to be creating with intention. Yeah. Then, you know, that's there's no room for that. Um,
1: right, I mean, that's a great point. Intention, man. Like, there's no room for intention when you have, like, a week to do something.
0: Yeah, totally. And even if, like, even if the... Let's just say the money is there, but you only have a week, and there's no conversation, it's like, holy shit, like... I'm just right. looking at my computer, like, yeah, you know, let me have a conversation with the person. Let me hear the music, like something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, on that note, I'm a little bit curious about the process of this. Like, let's just say, I guess, there's a body of work, a musical body of work. Are you in, I'm assuming you guys are in conversation with the artists and kind of mm-hmm. like hearing maybe right. their desires or their... um sonic intention that is able right. to like, yeah. come onto your screen and in your mind. How much of a collaborative process is that?
1: Right. Yeah, so, I mean, actually, also, Notrix is management as well. So we are, we are managing all of these artists. Yep. So, no, all good. <laughs> yeah, we are managing all of these artists that we work with. Mm-hmm. Granted, that is not the situation for everything that will come in, like, I think it would be impossible to manage every artist that would need kind of this service. Yeah. So to to speak to the conversation with the artists is that, um, I mean, we're all in on the ground level. So, I mean, someone like Radiant Children, for instance, um, I'm hearing them make the music from the beginning, hearing them go through all the demos and, and you know, mastering and mixing sessions and all that stuff. And like all the while, we're just throwing stuff back and forth ideas like, oh, I think it could be cool if the world is this or like some of this can exist within this part of the brand. And then like you build around that and like there's just this constant creative dialogue. And, and Lou, Lou's another one, for instance, <laughs> mm-hmm. who we manage. But like the relationship with Lou is very, very tight. Um, and we have a ton of projects going on around around Lou. And there's always this kind of creative conversation based on what Lou needs and then how we can maximize those creative needs and, and yeah, just come up with creative solutions together.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome.
1: It's cool, man. Definitely a a fun situation.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it seems like that's the ideal way to work, especially when things are in the state that they are now which is like ultra disposable and quick and right and uh not physical (laughs) yeah it's great. i'm glad you're doing that yeah that's that's awesome i i I really hope things move in this direction for sure
1: definitely man i think if if there's one thing that i think or like i would hope for just uh no tricks but like the surrounding creative atmosphere it is for musicians and managers and producers all alike to prioritize the visuals um because there is no brand without the visuals so i mean totally let's get this visual mechanics going early man um yeah. so yeah that, that that's that's pretty much it yeah
0: that's cool that's really really cool that's amazing I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> Hell yeah, it's rare. Um, well, cool, man. I I appreciate you you taking your time and and talking about this stuff and sharing it with me. Um, I sh- I'm sure there's a lot for people to learn from here. And enjoy.
1: Well, I, I hope so, man. I I feel like I ramble like I don't even know what I say sometimes. I talk so quick. <laughs> I'm gonna hear this back later. I'm like, oh no. But no, you're like, great. Thank you for having me on. Of it was cool to chat through some of this stuff. Yeah, um, my I pleasure. hadn't thought about these things in a while, too. So it was cool to kind of like tap into the memory banks a little bit.